Ladies and gentlemen. Pacific Sound Radio. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson, and on this week's episode, we are speaking with Dan Ponich of LA Solution Center. LA Solution Center is a studio project helmed by Ponich who is a local producer and musician, previously involved in the folk rock act Echo Nebraska, and with the synth-tinged alternative rock group Civiliana. Drawing from influences ranging from trip-hop to alternative hard rock in collaboration with a variety of guest musicians, LA Solution Center is an adventurous and decidedly fun project, perfect for these uncertain times for the music industry. So how's it been going? Like how... Um, How have things uh, been going for you with the with the studio? Um, it was like super brutal for like June and July, and uh, yeah, man, June and July was brutal. And like, because I work with mostly bands, like it only took um, it only takes like one person to be uncomfortable, and then the whole uh, project gets canceled, right? So that happened like four times in a row, and then. Um, yeah, so that sucks. And then it seems like once the fall hit, it's like the world had to, the world had like come to terms with like what living is going to be like now, and people got more comfortable with the idea of going outside their home and like, I mean, this is such like an isolated environment anyway. Like a recording studio, it's like I don't even have to be in the same room as you. So, um, it's it I could I'm like grateful to be in this situation. Like it could be a lot worse, right? Like servers or whatever who had like no hope of of having work so it was shitty but now it's good all these bands have come out of the woodwork with like they've been writing quarantine for six months right so all these bands have like material to put down which is cool yeah i was gonna say out of any facet of the music industry uh you know and engineers producers all those people in a way, I wouldn't say thriving, but like there is work oh, available in comparison totally. to like, you know bookers and promoters and venue operators who I just have so much, so much empathy for. Just holy. I know. And I was talking to like this woman who is editing my newest music video for this project, and uh, and she just made such a good point where it's just like people need content more than ever. Cause there's just like so much sitting at home. Right. And so she works in film and she just said like, it's really as it's as booming as it can be while still being safe. Right. Which is cool. Yeah. My, uh, my sister works in film and she's been back at work for almost a month now. Um, and in her case, the benefit she has is she doesn't work on set. So. Oh, what does she do? Uh, she works in the costuming department for uh i believe a cw tv show so they're trying to they're trying to figure out ways to to film in spite of everything so yeah yeah 
But want to talk about this new project that you have started up. How did LA Solution Center come together? Um, so basically, like I was in a rock band until last December called Civiliana. And uh, that sort of like imploded. And then um, I decided that I'm just not built to be in a band uh, because I came to the conclusion that it's like any other job where it's not the job that's difficult, it's the people that make it difficult. Like, right? And I'm sure you can attest to that, like at your job too, where it's like, especially customer service. Like, the, the concept of the job is so simple, but like, the work is people and like being in a band is, and you've been in bands too. It's like the concept is easy. All we have to do is make music, but the work is like, is dealing with four different personalities, right? Or especially artists. And like, I'm, I'm speaking for myself too, are like a pain in the ass. Like artists in general are like high maintenance and like sensitive, right? So anyway, I just kind of like came to this conclusion where I was like, I have this like studio. It's like silly of me like not to utilize it um, for my own creative outlet. And so I just kind of came up with this concept where I would write and produce and record everything. And then uh, just playing to my strong suits. Like I'm not a strong vocalist. So I was like, I kind of came up with this idea. It's not original. Like it's like, you know, similar to something like gorillas or whatever. Um, but I also have this like cool network of musicians that I've met and like respect and have worked with over the years. So, um, I came up with this idea where I would like produce and write everything and then just get guest vocalists on rock, um, with like a common thread of kind of like alt rock trip hop kind of, kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it was, I don't want to sound like the cliche COVID story, but it was during the like March or something. And, uh, and two P, you know, my mom and my brother were like, Oh, you should like start writing music again. And like, I haven't like written music, uh, for a long time. Um, cause like in Civiliana, I mean, those, those other guys were killer songwriters and I kind of enjoyed the, position of just kind of showing up and playing like I kind of liked I'd, I'd been in a band previously where I had to write everything and there's like um, pros and cons to both right like sometimes I just want to show up and play and for the most part in Civiliana uh, that's just kind of what I did and I was cool with that um, same with Echo Nebraska this other band that I played in with Andy but uh, but uh, I don't know where I'm going. Oh, yeah. So then, yeah, I had some family members be like, you should start writing music again. And then I did. And I was like, I'm going to write music for myself. Like, I've, I feel like I've been under this notion uh, for, like, as well, I feel like as long as I've been playing music where, like, I want to please other people. Where And it sounds, like, so simple where, where it's like I want to write music that people will like. Like that, that's what I feel like has been like my MO this whole time. And then I, I just, just like, I want to, I'm going to make something that like I would listen to. Uh, and then as soon as I kind of like let that go, um, I just started writing these songs and I liked them and that's, and now we're here. That's my story. With the writing for yourself, 
I have this feeling, it obviously varies from artist to artist, but I, I feel that there's a number of artists that are successful that do just write music for themselves, and it's kind of this wonderful thing where <laughs> their fan base aligns with their interests yeah. as well. Just because I, I, I sometimes think about that sometimes in terms of like just certain bands that are out there and this, the, the sounds that they have especially the more abrasive ones. And I realized, Oh my God, this band can tour and fill, you know, well used to this band could tour and could fill, (laughs) fill halls. And they sound like getting run over by a concrete mixer or something like that. Yeah. I know. And it's something I never like, it's, I, I don't know if it was just like my subconscious, but I was if somebody was to ask me like five years ago, I'd be like, yeah, I make music because um, I love it or like for myself or whatever. Cause like, that seems to be like what all artists say where they're like, yeah, I write from the heart and like blah, blah, blah. But, but it, it wasn't until like I actually started doing that, that I was like, wow, for the last like 12 years I've been playing music. I've like never done anything for myself. Right. So, yeah. And what's that process been like just writing for yourself considering you know the fact that as you said you haven't been really involved in the songwriting process with the last two bands you were in sorry what the question is what was the process like or or just generally the experience what's it been like just writing for yourself fucking awesome because like i don't have to like bounce ideas off anybody and the other thing is that like i'm totally just trusting my gut and like not second guessing myself uh, and that's everything from like writing to arranging to mixing. Like you can you can come up with the concept of a song and it could technically never be released because you could tweak it forever. Especially like being in a studio. Like that's something that you really have to balance because I could sit here for weeks and keep tweaking the same mix on the same song like forever. But like I'm just kind of in this mind frame that I'm like I'm gonna do what feels right. I'm not gonna second guess myself. And then I will release it. Like, that's, you know, just a lot of just, like, going with my gut, which is refreshing. Considering, you know, you're you're writing and recording everything in Park Sound Studio, which you co-own with uh, Andy Schichter, who you also played with in uh, Echo, Nebraska. When it comes to the, the work you're doing as LA Solution Center, are you just writing off everything as a business expense? or? Um, I wasn't. But now I'm thinking I should. I'm not. I feel. I just think like, of the Seinfeld episode. <laughs> yeah, it's a business yeah. expense. I know. Like I feel like I. I feel like I already do that enough, but there isn't that much. Like, I'm also not paying for that much. Like, the only thing that I do splurge on is mastering, um, which I get Dave Collins from Los Angeles, and he's like, uh, I've. I've had stuff mastered by other people and it's great, but like I sent my stuff to him and it was like, Oh, okay. This is what like God tier mastering sounds like. Cause just like instantly he just kind of took it from like a A to an A plus. Like it sounds amazing on everything. Like he kind of went through and like filled in all the like nooks and crannies that I missed, like um, tonally speaking. And uh, it it's not cheap, but like, I wouldn't go back to like anybody else after doing that, which is really cool. So I'm fortunate that like, that's really my only expense is doing that. And then, um, I'm not an awesome drummer. I've 
I played drums on a few of the songs. Uh, the one coming out in November and a couple coming up, but like most of the time, it's just easier if I just hire a session drummer. So it's really only that, like uh, that. It's only that those two things, and then if I want uh, promotion, PR, which I think is like super important, which I'm also doing next month, and uh, and videos, which like my first video for my Piranha was like super budget. And then the one that's coming out for November is kind of the exact opposite of that. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how that turns out because you can do so much with so little now. It's crazy. Like, right. Like that first single that I had, my piranha, I filmed it on my phone and then had an editor edit it. So it was very budget. Yeah. And I, I saw that that video was shot entirely in the studio as well. Just like yeah, a few different locations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's the story behind the name? Uh, LA Solutions Center sounds like a property owned by a particularly litigious American cult that I won't name. It's uh, it's Scientology. Well, damn it, Dan. <laughs> I love, I, dude. I love Scientology. <laughs> it's like honestly, it's like one of my pastimes. Me and my fiance, we like love looking up Scientology and like all the fucked up things that they're doing. And like, it's yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to give them any more like exposure than they, <laughs> than they have. I, like, I'm on the same wavelength. I I think I was on kind of on a similar vein. I was on like a vacation like a year or so ago. And I had a book about yeah. Mormonism that I just tore through because I was like, this is just super fascinating. Really? I don't know what it is. Yeah. What was the book? Oh, it was, um, well, it's, it's, it's a true crime book that's also about Mormonism. It's called Under the Banner of Heaven by John Krakauer. You might recognize okay. that guy because he wrote the book Into the Wild that was adapted into the, the film that people are more familiar yeah. with. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sweet. I highly recommend it. I, again, I just tore through it. And when I say it's like it's about Mormonism, it's because it was about a uh, double homicide that was committed by fundamentalist Mormons. And there's a lot of the book that also just explains, you know, the history of Mormonism and, and all that stuff. And I've just I've found it to be super, super fascinating. It's really, really, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, I love stuff like that. Um, okay, so the name I got from, uh, there is, like, a society in, like, the downtown east side of Vancouver, and it, I was, like, driving around there for some reason, and, uh, it was called, like, the Vancouver Solution Center, and it's, like, a, um, it, it's, like, a nonprofit that, like, helps, uh, like, struggling families, um, so I kind of saw that and thought it had a nice ring to it sort of. And then, um, I thought because like I have this project where I'm inviting like all these different people in, um, sort of as like a pseudo family, like under this collective umbrella. Um, I kind of like that idea. And then the LA thing came up because it has such a like glamorous, but also like filthy, like connotation to it like i've have you been there I, I went there for the first time last january and it is like totally that like i was like oh wow i can totally see why people would move here uh but then it also has like the scummiest parts of the world like ever 
So um, I liked that dichotomy of LA and then uh, the Solution Center because it's kind of this weird amalgamation of all these artists and like a family, if you will. And so it's kind of this cool concept of like this place where a bunch of people come and it's kind of a togetherness thing. That's my, that's it. I was going to say, it's kind of this weird thing. If you look at music about cities, songs about New York tend to celebrate New York. I haven't, heard that many songs that celebrate LA. Most of the ones that oh I can think God. of off the top of my head just kind of like, yeah, this place sucks. Dude, that is a good point. Yeah. I've never thought of <laughs> That is so true. And like, have you been to New York? I haven't been to New York either. Um, uh, yeah, yeah that's, the, like, that's the shittiest thing about this whole pandemic is I've realized like how little traveling I've done. And now I'm in this position where I can't travel at all for who knows how long so yeah that's so interesting though because like i find like i love visiting new york i could never live there but oh, I, me could, neither. I found i found it like very hard to imagine loving but la seems like a little bit more um uh approachable oh the weather's nicer so, for one yeah exactly right it's a big perk yeah yeah. What are you drinking there? Oh, uh, let's see here. So this is a... It's actually a beer that my uh, producer had. It's a El... I, I'm going to butcher this because I can't speak Spanish at all. <laughs> El Val Salado Salted Lime Lager. Oh, from wow. Server... I'm not even going to pr- bother to pronounce the name of the brewery, but yeah, it's like a salted lime lager. Very heavy on the lime flavor. I, it's It's... I like it. Sounds refreshing. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. What or who are some of the artists that you've been listening to while you've been creating this material? Um, man, sorry. Can I look at my Spotify? Yeah, I'll do be it. Able to tell. Um. A lot of spoon nice a lot of uh a lot of blur a lot of there's a guy called tobacco oh yeah the uh, black moth super rainbow yeah. guy yes yes totally have you listened uh, to his album with aesop rock yes yeah it's great <laughs> oh did they put, did they do a full record together yeah it's called malibu ken oh no i haven't but oh, like man, you should but like I know, because he did a song with Aesop Rock on his first album, "Fucked Up Friends." Uh, so I guess that's how that relationship started. Yeah, probably. But that sounds really sweet. I have to check that out. Yeah, the the album uh, cover is hilarious. It's like a Malibu Ken, but it's like uh, it's close up, and it's like really gross and cartoony. Oh man, it's like a R. Crumb totally illustration sort of thing. Uh, so yeah, those guys blur uh there's a new band from speaking of la called bad flower they're like a rock band uh been listening to them a lot they're pretty sweet um and just kind of like honestly i've been kind of in a slump like i find like every couple years i'll go through this like uh routine of like 
finding new music that I really get into. But now I'm kind of in the cycle where I'm just listening to the same shit I've been listening to for like the past like 12 years. Um, so just kind of like all my old favorites. But um, yeah, it's basically it. There's also this new band out of Toronto called Mono Whales. And they are really cool. I've been listening to them a lot. What do they sound like? They sound like kind of like Deer Rouge if they were like more a little more fluffy and like upbeat. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of Deer Rouge more upbeat because Deer, Deer Rouge is a pretty upbeat, peppy band. So. Yeah, I guess just like a little lighter in material. Like mm, okay. Uh, um. Yeah, but they're pretty cool. They're pretty sweet. With each of the singles that you've released, and we've uh, touched on this a bit, uh, you've got different vocalists featured on each of the songs. What does your selection process entail? Like how to select the vocalist? Yeah. Um, it's happened a couple of different ways. Sometimes I'll meet somebody or I know of somebody and I'll be like, wow, I'd like love to get them on a track. Uh, and I'll kind of, then I'll kind of like develop the song and the arrangement like with them in mind. And other times I have like fully fleshed out songs and it's just a matter of like rolling the dice and contacting hopefully the right person for it, which it's like always turned out, which has been great. Um, but it's, it's like those two, but now that I've been releasing music, I've had a couple of people that have come to me and who want to do something together. So that might be, that might change things up a bit and make it more, a little bit more collaborative, which would be cool. But usually I'm just kind of like sitting back, I'll write the song and then kind of like reflect on like who would deliver it best or like what kind of vibe I'm going for. But I'm like super fortunate to, have the contacts and friends and clients and coworkers that I have just cause like I have this list I can draw from, which is really cool uh, of like all different genres. Well, and you also have the advantage of, you know, just ac instant access to all the you know, state of the art recording technology. What's your songwriting process like when it comes to that? I'm right now, I'm really trying to push myself out of my comfort zone. So for example, like when this whole thing started with the first single, my piranha, uh, I took my guitar, I put really heavy gauge strings on it, and I detuned it to play in drop C, and I've like never done that in my life. And uh, I was just kind of like, I need to get out of my comfort zone, and that's kind of what came out of it. So um, that combined with um, some of these ideas were just ideas that I brought up to the last band I was in, and were just like, for the lack of a better term, rejected. And I was like, okay, well, I think these are pretty cool, so I'll just kind of back catalog them. And so that's what My Piranha was, was, like, that riff was, like, something I'd brought to the band, and it just never took off, which is totally cool. Um, but, uh, yeah. Wow, someone's got COVID back there? Or? Oh, did you, did you hear me burp? <laughs> no, I heard somebody coughing. Oh. Um, <laughs> um so yeah but it's i'm like a really shitty multi-instrumentalist like i play a lot of stuff like very mediocrely so um 
my piranha for example started with that guitar riff uh my second single hot trotter that came out in october started with the drum beat and playing it originally like on an ableton push pad and then having this awesome drummer named chris salas leon come and actually play the track um so it's very much like because i play a bunch of stuff not very well it's it can really come out of of anywhere which is really cool um but i'm also like very melody forward and i think that's really important so i also like i'm sure everybody else has a phone full of voice notes with half uh thought out melodies and song ideas and stuff like that so i'm sorry it's not a very like direct answer but um working in a studio and having all these toys to play with it's kind of like open-ended where it can come from do you ever write anything on synths i asked because you, you mentioned voice notes on on your phone i have a a little it's like a mono synth i can't even play chords on it it's literally one note at a time and it's like I don't know how many keys it it is. It's probably like less than twelve or something like that. But I have plenty of little notes yeah. of like little like melody ideas that I've I've written on that. Um, dude, I have I have this really cool like analog Korg. It's called a Korg Mini Log, which is really dope. But I have to say I've yet to like write a song using synth. But I do want that to change. I've been wanting to pick up. Um, like a Moog analog synth, um, like a, yeah, like a sub fatty or something like that. Cause I also just want that in the studio. Um, but that is probably something I'll do next year is like, I want to, it's a cool suggestion just cause like, I want to start a song from different points of view, like always. So that will be my next endeavor, James. Well, there we go. I was going to say, especially since you name-dropped Spoon, there's a band that, especially in their last few albums, have really embraced everything that you can do with synth and samples and all that all that fun stuff. Um, yeah. I hope they put out something soon. I know they can't tour, obviously, but now seems to be the time to just put out some more stuff. Man, I heard this, like, really interesting interview with them and how, like... Um, I don't know. It's just interesting hearing their point of view. Like their like their goal is to make like the best record as possible, and then they'll they will figure out how to play it live after. Where like a lot of bands are like under the notion of like we don't want to play anything or record anything that we can't do live, or like it has to be this like um, natural organic like thing. And it, I thought it was really cool. And I probably I subscribe to that philosophy or like. Um, that direction that Spoon does just because like I don't I don't have any interest in ever playing this stuff live like I'm kind of only interested in having it be a studio project um, so I thought that was really cool where they're just like we just focus on like the best record we can make and then we worry about recreating it live after which I thought was pretty unique because like I've never really heard that from anybody I wanted to dive into the two singles that you've released a little bit I just kind of have some pointed questions in regards to the songs themselves so and you've you've mentioned this uh kind of earlier on but the first single you released my piranha 
listening to it, I noticed it has like an Arctic Monkeys meets Queens of the Stone Age vibe vibe to it. And in the video, I noticed that the vocalist kind of looks like Alex Turner uh, and that the song has an odd structure to it. And it seems to really only have like one verse and one chorus. Was there a deliberate attempt right. to write something unconventional with this song? Um, yes and no. Yes, because I did want and still do want to get away from the uh, like common verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus thing. Uh, but also, like that's just kind of the way the song came out, and it, that was like one of those moments where I just trusted my gut, and I'm just like, I just kind of like the way this is going and the way it flows, and like. Um, I'm also like very obsessed with like momentum in songs and like keeping listeners engaged and like where to push and pull. And that was just like an instance of like everything working out. Cause it's like, yeah, I do want to get away from like the common first course thing. Not to say I'm not doing that in the future and I'm not shitting on anyone that does. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a tried I, I just, and true like, formula. Yeah, totally. But it's also fun to like see how can I make like a pop song uh like outside of that is like a challenge i think because it's like you kind of want to give the people what they want again i'm not making this for anybody else so i'm i'm making it for myself but like um i did show it to a couple people and it was grabbing enough that that they kind of enjoyed it as much as they would something that maybe would be more formulaic um but i also also got feedback that was like we don't know what's going on and like which parts the chorus and blah 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 and i'm like okay well i'm just doing this for my myself so um but yeah i do have songs coming up that do are a little bit more um classic in that regard as well and then with your next single hot trotter you have three different vocalists on this track and this one you can tell right away it's very different from my piranha how do each of the vocalists communicate the overall theme of the song uh well the song is about uh about people that piss you off and uh i basically like wrote this monologue and it's like i've i've i said i find it like kind of juvenile i'm not like really sure what kind of state I was in when I did that. But afterwards I was kind of cringing and I'm like, should I release this? And I was like, ah, fuck it. So I just did. But, um, yeah, I wrote that. And there's a friend of mine who does voiceover work and she did this awesome job. And I wanted this kind of like prim and proper British accent. And so she did that. Um, again, I, I like like the kind of dichotomy of things. So like she sounds very clean and like naturally and very um, inviting and like high class, which she is. And so I liked kind of fucking up her vocals and, and making it sound a little jarring and disturbing. And so um, I guess the whole song is just kind of like this theme about being on edge and just kind of taking it out on somebody or just being pissed off at people that uh, abuse you like in any sort of way. So that's that was kind of that and then um i sing my i'm singing the chorus in that song oh okay then, that was you i was kind of wondering who was doing the yeah. the uh the non-wrapped parts of the vocals yeah. 
yeah, so that was me. And then uh, a client friend of mine is named G-Deep. He's also releasing um, an awesome record this month or the beginning of next month, which I was able to master, which is awesome. And so he, excuse me, he, uh, he did the verse on there, which was really sweet. So if you hear any rap in my tracks, I did not write that. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm very, uh, a very not cool. So uh, he, he did that, which was really sweet. And so I was just kind of like, can you write something that's just like very fuck you and like simple and, uh, and just like easily deliverable? Because uh, like a lot of, um, a lot of what I'm going for as well is is just kind of like rhythm and feeling and movement and like sometimes you don't need to listen or dig too deep into the lyrics just like i want i want people to be able to bob their head um and he was like really good at doing that while also like conveying a an fu yeah i was gonna say listening to his verse and i hope he if he if he listen winds up, if GD winds up listening to this, I hope he takes this as a compliment. I kind of got a little bit of a Mike Shinoda Lincoln Park sort of vibe to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, yeah. When I showed that to my brother, the first thing he said, he was like, "Mike Shinoda, Fort Minor," and I'm like, "Oh man, that was a weird time." in the 2000s i just always remember seeing this like nba basketball commercial and remember the name playing i don't know if you ever remember seeing that but uh yeah definitely mike shinoda ish yeah i had a really sad and weird thought about the fact that chester bennington's no longer with us which is weird but yeah didn't totally. mean didn't mean to go that way <laughs> Now I know you kind of you kind of alluded to this, but I mean, when shows are thing again are a thing again, do you see a scenario in which LA Solution Center would perform live? Uh, no. Uh, one of the other um, reasons that I'm making this music is to get into TV and film and games. Um, so that's one of my other motivations is I really, really love movies and I really, uh, love the culture of video games as well. And so that's also something kind of in the back of my head. Uh, but mostly it just comes out naturally as I can see a lot of these songs being able to fit into, um, like a cinematic medium, uh, whatever that looks like. So, um, I really am just kind of doing this as a studio project and i kind of knew that going in i was like if, I, if i'm gonna have all these like different vocalists and stuff it's gonna be really difficult to put on show right like with scheduling and bandmates and blah 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 so um i'm just not really interested in the headache of it as well uh not to say that i would not play in another live band but i i honestly just love the simplicity of just it being a studio project i just kind of put out music at my own pace and yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I just figured I would ask about that. I had a, uh, another guest on uh, recently who has a, who released music as an electronic project, and I kind of asked something similar. He's like, yeah, do you see a scenario in which you'd potentially perform it live? And he's like, ah, probably not. But I know there's a, yeah, there's kind of a time and place for 
everything when it comes to that. I mean, frankly, frankly, I think it's kind of interesting that gorillas were able to figure out a way to tour. Oh, it's amazing. Maybe it's one of those cases where, like, the record label told David, Damon Albarn, hey, look at man, you can make a lot of money if you figure out a live show. Name yeah, the price. True. I never got to see them when they came here, but I heard it was amazing. I, I was, I think it was, it was a long time. It was for like Plastic Beach or whatever. But yeah, and I know that they've they've released at least two more albums since then, but they just haven't s- s- really been on the touring circuit that much. But maybe no. that's just because Damon Albarn, like Blur, kind of restarted as well, which is, you know, obviously the Damon Albarn thing. Totally. Yeah. What can you tell us about the two new singles you have coming up before the end of the year? Um, so the next song is called uh, God Could Be Afraid of Us All. And that is coming out on November 13th. And I've actually teamed up with a PR firm in the UK uh, called Liberty. And they're going to be running my campaign for me, which is really awesome. And so uh, it is a very Brit rock, Brit pop, uh, grime, rap kind of influenced track. Um, Very like big and anthemic. And uh, we just filmed like an awesome video for it that's being edited right now. Uh, So that's also really cool. I have an Irish... Uh, client who he's awesome sounds very like Tom Mayen from Kasabian and he's singing the verse and then uh, a family friend of mine from Kelowna flew out and he is doing the rap verse on it which is really cool Uh, so that's going to be huge and it's going to be really great and that's coming out on the 13th of November and then uh, in December I have another song. It's very like trip hop focused. Uh, same family friend from Kelowna is in on it. Who's doing rap on it. And uh, my fiance, actually Megan is singing vocals on that song. And that song is called hidden nerve. And that'll be out on December 6th. That's cool. And just uh, something I noticed with, especially with hot trotter and then with these next two, did it just kind of develop naturally that you're like, oh, I, I got to have, you know, hip hop vocals on these next cu- couple songs? Because obviously on my Piranha, it's much more straightforward rock. Yeah. Um, it just kind of, I, I didn't like go into it being like, oh, I want to make like rap rock songs. Um, I just kind of honestly would make the track. And then if it was like bouncy enough and like, um, boomy enough i'm trying to find like a good word that's not like urban but like if it's i don't know i just again i'm just like trusting my gut and i'm just like oh man like uh there's also like two times with other tracks that i've showed them to people and they've been like i really want to do a rappers on this so um it's kind of a combination of like of those two things but i've never been like i'm gonna write a rap song or, like, I'm going to produce a track that's going to have a rapper on it. Like, it's always just kind of come naturally, uh, which is cool. So I don't have any, like, expectations of of who's going to be on it, which is which I like. 
Yeah, fair enough. And you've got, in terms of promoting the songs, you have uh, music videos planned for those next two singles as well? Yeah, so there's an awesome music video uh, for God Could Be Afraid of Us All, and that'll come out with a single. And then in December for Hidden Nerve, uh, we actually have an animated video, which is going to be really cool. So a friend of mine, her daughter, is a very talented uh, animator. And so she put together a video for me over the summer, and uh, it's really sweet. So I'm stoked to release those as well. That's awesome. I find, uh, yeah, if a band can put out a, a really cool animated video, that's just, ooh. Yeah, I know. There's some good ones out there. I think uh, Little Destroyer put out an animated video recently. It was really fun. Yeah, I think the song's called All My Heroes Are Losers. Oh, I've heard the song. I haven't seen the video, though. Yeah, the, check out the video. The song's great as well, but the, the video just did, you know, like any good music video, it just complements it. Sweet. What would you say are your long-term goals for the project, and do you have any dream collaborators in mind? Yeah, um... Okay, long-term goals. I do want to get my music into um, some video games. Uh, I don't game at all anymore, so I'm kind of a poser. But I grew up uh, playing games a lot, and uh, we were like a big Nintendo household. And um, and my brother's still like heavy into gaming, and so I love like keeping up with the culture and like i'm always like up to date on what's coming out and what companies are developing and producing and blah 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 and um like i love like triple click podcast and 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 stuff like that so i i guess I, i'm just like a poser nerd but uh that's like one of my long-term goal long-term goals is i really want to get my music into uh, a game um, I would love to write, like, I mean, to have it kind of placed in a game would be sweet, but I'd love to like write for, for a video game, uh, and dream collaborator. <sighs> Do you know Snotty Knows Reds kids? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been, uh, I, I haven't had the opportunity to have them on the show, but definitely aware of them for sure. Yeah. I really want to do something with them. I think that would be really sweet. I really love what they're doing. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I was going to say, I'm I'm kind of the same when it comes to video games. I don't game a lot, but I always keep my ear to the ground when it comes to video game culture, and I watch Zero Punctuation on a weekly weekly basis, yeah. partially because he's just he's a very entertaining critic. But, yeah, it's oh. uh, also just the, the uh, <laughs> negative criticism is always fun, and there's something just particularly acerbic about really angry video game criticism <laughs> i don't know what it is this game sucks oh dude they're like they get so butthurt so easily so it's always uh entertaining for sure are there any local bands or artists that you'd recommend we bring on the show for a future episode um a bunch of irish guys good friends of mine called butte street uh that i that I work with and we're doing a full record this year, which would be cool. Like 2021 probably, uh, that would be next year. Um, so the singer of Butte street, 
his name's Colm, and he is the singer on my next single, God Could Be Afraid of Us All. Uh, so they are awesome because they're a bunch of Irish guys that didn't know each other in Ireland but came here and met each other, uh, which is really sweet. Uh, they are really good guys, and um, a band called Otto's Jacket are good friends of mine and awesome. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the band just, formerly known as uh, the Dead Zones. Yes. Uh, I just got a grant for them, which is really awesome. Oh, sweet. Uh, from yeah, so we're going to be doing a bunch of more stuff. They are really good guys. Uh, Luke from that band plays in another band called Willow, and they are also very dope. And the lead singer's name is Zach Falker, uh, so that is also really cool and fun to say. And uh, those, uh, all those guys are cool. And GD that I, that I mentioned, he's rad. He's super cool, so you should check him out. I the, like I'm so naive to like hip hop in Vancouver. Oh, me too. Uh, it's like such, it's like such its own culture, and like I don't know shit about it, and I wish I did. Uh, but he is like really sweet. Um, so yeah, you should you should check him out. Yeah, for sure. That's been a kind of a long term goal of mine is to have more hip hop artists on on the show, and it's not for you know dislike of the genre or anything like that. It's just. I just seem to be more well connected with the rock bands in the city. And this seems to be much more of a rock band city for some reason, but that might just be my perception of it. I know. I think like, I always thought there was like no rap or hip hop here. And then all of a sudden, like I started seeing like this place that we filmed the music video in, it also like doubles as, uh, as like a rap, recording studio i'm trying to remember what it's called but it's like on franklin and clark and uh and the studio manager was like showing me like all the artists they have in and and their instagram and stuff and i was like i haven't heard of any of these people and it's not like because like it's not like that they aren't uh big or like great it's that like i don't know shit about rap in the city um i guess it's like very insulated like it's not like a mainstream thing like pop and like rock and folk music in the city is so easily accessible and, and metal I feel like as hip-hop, well yeah and i feel like hip-hop like to anybody who's not involved in it i'm just like i have no idea i like i didn't even know there's a scene here which is just so bizarre because it's the biggest genre on the planet right now it's the most popular right. genre too yeah like there's a guy uh there's a local guy here named baby no money and he's a juno nominated artist and I think he played like a, a huge like um, uh, I can't remember I think it was called Lil Fest or something like that which is a really funny and apt name or Cloud Fest or something like that but he was like he was a top billing guy and like you know he's he clearly has a following but it, it doesn't seem to be it mu- mu- it, yeah it's this weird optics thing so I don't know what it is but uh, clearly I gotta have more hip hop artists on the show just so I can chat with them about that and go yo what's going on why don't people know about you totally and how can listeners check out your music and keep up with everything you're up to um facebook would be facebook.com slash la solution center uh on instagram as well basically the same thing and twitter um you can just search la solution center uh, and then we're like on all the streaming services as well. Um, 
So basically everywhere. Oh, and check out our YouTube for our videos, which is youtube.com slash LA Solution Center. And the next single comes out on November 13th. Is that right? Yeah. It's going to be big, and uh, everybody will like it. Fantastic. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Olson. Pacific Sound Radio is produced by Mark Lingelbach. You can check us out on Facebook at Pacific Sound Radio, Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio, Twitter at Pacific S Radio, YouTube at Pacific Sound Media. Our website is PacificSoundRadio.com, and you can also check us out wherever you stream your podcasts. If you like the show, there are a few different ways you can support it. You can give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice that lets you leave reviews. You can share this podcast on your social media, and you can recommend the show in person from a safe social distance to your friends, family, and coworkers. If you know a local band or artist that you think should appear as guests on our show, let us know. Fill out the form on our website or send us an email to talkpsr at gmail.com. <laughs>